welcome back, listeners, to another episode of A Penny for Your Thoughts, together with Lauren Ernst. Hey, Lauren, how's it going? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. good. Starting to get rehydrated. Perfect. It's a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey. Everything is a journey. Oh, man. So how's it going? Oh, so, so good. I love these conversations so much. And I feel like between the two of us, we don't take a lot of time to sort of pause and really reflect. Um, We're constantly, you know, go, go, go and in the driver's seat. And I just, I value these conversations so much to share insights and thoughts on what we're seeing and trends that we're seeing and, and really pick each other's brains. So yeah, I'm excited for today's conversation. Me too, because you know I, I'm, I'm we're seeing trends in leadership, in engagement, um, and and how how people are working together to drive through change or or other activities that are driving organizations forward. Yeah, big time. And something that I'm noticing <clears throat> a lot and realizing, I don't know if it's an age and experience thing. I don't know if it's a mixture of that and everything that we went through during the pandemic and now us really pausing to choose the life that we want for ourselves and what we want more of and mm. less of. Um but I now don't believe in multitasking. I don't think multitasking is a thing. I it's think not. I think you can do two, eight, 15 things really crappy at the same time, or you can think strategically and thoughtfully about things on an individual basis and execute those things in a thoughtful manner before moving on to the next thing. What do you think? Oh, I, I don't think that um, that multitasking is a thing. I think that the person who chases two rabbits goes hungry. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think this is something that I'm seeing a ton in tech in particular, um, but also in some of the conversations I'm having with clients around multitasking and folks recognize that things like a thoughtful, scalable communication plan and strategy is important. I also know that folks truly believe, leaders truly believe that employee experience and making sure that they're supporting and cultivating a strong culture and team is important, Mm -hmm. but these things often happen off the side of people's desks. And, you know, my enablement rock stars, I'm looking at you marketing rock stars. I'm also looking at you. Those two groups tend to be the groups that get thrown, you know, internal communications Mm -hmm. or events or, um, you know, how are we showing up for our employees? Those types of folks will often be looped into, hey, we really want to put on an event for our people. Or, hey, how do we speak in the market from a communication standpoint and a brand standpoint? Yeah, let's just use that also for our employees. And can you help us with that? And I feel like when it comes off the side of someone's desk, we're running into that notion of multitasking again. And Mm -hmm. that's where it starts to get tricky. 
So I think the trend that I'm seeing is there is so much care. Leaders care deeply, but when they're pulled in so many different directions, it starts to fall flat. And I think that's where I see success in pulling someone in like you or like me with respect to how are we supporting you from a building culture, communication, employee experience standpoint, but also how do we build trust in order to get the most out of our people? Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think? What are you noticing? Well, you know, I, I instantly, like anytime someone says the word trust or we talk about building trust, I instantly go to the trust equation, which is credibility plus reliability plus intimate connection, all valued over your own self-orientation. And, yeah. and I think that there are people who are in the leadership ranks who are good technical leaders in terms of they understand how to run their business or they understand how to um, move things forward or they understand how to deliver a service, but they don't necessarily understand how to do that with a level of an intimate connection. And and I think that that is where things fall short. Or what you'll have is you'll have leaders who have intimate connection but have no credibility or they're unreliable. And and it's because of those things that you've already said. We have people doing it off the side of their desks. We have people who, frankly, are promoted to incompetence. And, and I mean that with no disrespect. It's really you were a good technical person and you've now been promoted to a leadership position and no one's prepared you. And and I'm working with a number of leaders right now. My, my, my executive coaching practice is off the charts right now. I see between six and nine people every week or wow. 10 days. And, and the conversations are very thematic in terms of planning, prioritization, effective communication, immediate course correction when somebody goes off the beaten path, having hard conversations. And I, I think that, you know, if if there's anything that I think that I bring to the table, and, and I believe that you probably do as well, it's the ability to have a very hard conversation and tell somebody something without hurting their feelings and being compassionate and caring about it. Because, uh, you know, I, I recognize that people wake up every single morning with the desire to exploit opportunity and avoid hazard. I want to make a really great buck and I don't want to get hit by a bus while I do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. And I haven't worked with very many leaders that are waking up really only self-serving. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with a couple yeah. and their their businesses are not successful um, by any measure. They could be mo- very successful should they choose to actually invest in the people. And so I think, you know, what it really comes down to is it's prioritization and what's measured is managed, what's managed is improved, you know, and when we go to that, people have these quarterly surveys that they do. A survey is not engagement. A survey is a metric. Yeah. Asking me what you think is wrong with the organization and me telling you and you never fixing it four times Mm -hmm. a year. Yeah. does nothing for you. Right. It it reduces your credibility. And so I think that as 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 leaders what my encouragement is, is to always do something in person, to have conversations, to invite people to ask really hard questions without mm-hmm. prejudice. And I think yeah. that those are things like the themes that I'm seeing. Those are the things that I'm seeing. And I'm working on some really high pressure projects right now. Um, yeah. Big dollar amounts, big, big changes in an organization. And, you know, that can be scary. And what I think people forget oftentimes is that leaders are people, too. And yeah. how scary is it? to have to go and deliver bad news to your whole employee base. 
Right. Right. How scary is it to go and have a conversation with somebody who's a bad actor in your staff, but is a critical component to the success of your organization? Yeah. Yeah, it's not easy. That's for sure. And I mean, I loved the call out around, you know, so many leaders are the majority of leaders that you work with and that I work with are in it for the right reasons and care deeply about the success, not only of the organization, but of their team. Mm -hmm. And I think where things start to get tricky too around, you know, the trust and getting the most out of your people and making sure that you're hearing about breakdowns or um, issues in the team or burnout or frustration before it actually happens is you as a leader sharing your thoughts, feelings, concerns, and really being real with your team. I mean, your, your organization does not always want the polished, shiny version of yourself. Um, And I think we, we did a really good job during the pandemic when there were so many question marks around where things were going or what the future would look like. And I remember leaders just being so open and honest about how they were not necessarily thriving in those moments. It was mm-hmm. a struggle for all of us, but there was this feeling of, wow, I'm I'm in the trenches and it feels really difficult, but I know that my leader is also feeling similar things. And it felt so much easier to open up knowing mm-hmm. that they were in the same boat. And I'd like to sort of keep that top of mind and not forget that emotion and connection mm-hmm. now that we're at a spot where, you know, we're back in offices or there's a hybrid model that just leaning on each other and sense of community was such a beautiful moment. Absolutely. It was. And, you know, I think overall, the 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 early days of the pandemic really showed us the goodness that people had and um, the desire to stay unified. And And I feel as though when we went through it for the two years and we had these struggles and we had personal opinions coming up and we had, you know, science versus not science versus, you know, all of these different things, um, it, it started to create a chasm that I think has impacted us. And I think, you know, I, I think it's such a beautiful thing to think back to how unified we were in that first couple of days. And you know, also sitting and listening to the leaders, looking at them having their cat walk across their front desk or, yeah. you know, the camera and, you know, things yeah. of that nature. And and it, it, I think what we, we we tend to forget in, in business is, again, leaders are people. They have yeah. feelings, they have parents, they have children, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, and they are not always in the position to be the best that they can be. We make mistakes. Leaders make mistakes, right? We're not always going to do the right thing. We're not always going to say the right thing. And I think that having a trusted advisor, you know, I sit down with executives on 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 a weekly basis and I have this thing and we call it the talk in the company. And the talk is, I need to be the person who tells you what you don't want to hear when you don't want to hear it. And I need you to understand, and I say this to them, and it freaks some of them out. I need Mm -hmm. you to understand that it's coming from a place of love. My desire for your success is overwhelming. And and that truly is absolutely it. I 
I don't know about you. I don't work with people that I don't click with. If somebody puts me in an organization and I get a bad vibe from somebody or I can't get along with somebody, I don't stay. I will remove myself from the organization because if if I have somebody who conflicts my value system and how I operate as a person, and I have done that. You know, I I worked with this when I first moved to Calgary. I worked with this um, company, and I obviously won't say names, but it was – uh, the craziest company I've ever worked for. The owner was one of the meanest people I think I've ever met. He was hyper, hyper religious. And yeah. he was also like defiant to his own belief system, it felt. And he was wow. so mean to people all the time. And he was just crass and just like, bang, bang, bang. And he had a lot of money. And so people tolerated yeah. this. And yeah. and so I, I just, I had enough. I think I was there maybe five months and I oh. put my notice in and it was in November. And yeah. his assistant came down to, he moved me to the other side of the office as soon as he received my my notice. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm sitting in a dark corner at this, you know, dusty old desk, just finishing yeah. my time there. And um, this girl comes over and she's got like a box of meat, uh, frozen yeah. meat. And she says, oh, this is for you. And she said, just so you know, you're welcome to come to the holiday celebration if you'd like. And I looked at her and I said, I really appreciate that. I said, thank you. I said, but I don't like you people enough to want to keep working here. I'm absolutely not spending my spare time with you. Yeah. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> she you know, but, but, you know, I mean, when you're in situations like that, you you simply yeah. just can't afford to give your mental health to somebody and your physical and spiritual health to somebody yeah. who just can't get on board and respect and value you, right? So I think yeah. there's two sides of the coin. I think we have leaders who are really there and they're trying their best. And are they perfect? No. Are they making mistakes? Yes. Do they upset people? Yes, 100% they yeah. do. But yeah. intent is really what I think we need to think about. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning, what is my intent? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not necessarily going to jive with someone else's, but you can't fake care. If someone is genuinely showing up every day and I always like to, to say to folks, you know, show your work, you know, yes, you say, here's the goal. Here's the objective. Here's the deliverable that we're hoping for. Here's the new plan. Here's the strategy. That's great. But I want to know the work that went into Mm -hmm. coming up with said strategy, goal, deliverable, show your work. Because I remember, you know, back in, in grade two, when we'd work on a math problem and you just spit out the answer and the teacher said, yeah, correct. (laughs) Yes. How did you get there? Yes. But I want to see how you got there. And it's those, those moments that the connection truly exists. And when you are able to align with organizations, clients, businesses, friends, friendships, family, when you're able to have that connection, nothing else is like it. And that's why, you know, when you start your own thing or you're working in a job or an organization that you truly, truly love that lights you up, it's those pieces that keep you coming back. Because without them, without that connection, without really understanding what makes someone tick or why they chose to do something that they did, it all falls apart. And I think the more that we can get back to, I mean, I'm even looking at the, the day 
that we're on today, September 11th, you know, that day when everything happened, I remember that feeling of none of us really understanding what was going on or what would happen, but we were in it together. And I think if you apply that mindset and mentality to everything that we do, it just helps to build that humanity and that community and trust that much more. I agree. And I think it, you know, it is, today is really very much a reflective day and it is one where the world as Mm. we know it changed. And, you know, we have friends who were personally impacted by that. And we have people who, you know, witnessed Mm. some of the the atrocities that were in the, the direct region. We have, we have one friend who lost every client that they had because they were in the World Trade Center, right? So their business folded. And so, you know, the, yeah. the domino and ripple effect of the losses of yeah. of that, you know, really does give you a new element of gratitude. And, you know, again, we look back in that monumental day of September 11th, yeah. it was a day where North America really came together and, and, and we're a strong group of people. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk about, you know, spending 8, 10, 12 hours outside of, you know, the things that you love to do or your own passion projects or your family, your partner, your children, okay, if you're going to take me away from those things, what am I doing? What impact am I having? And it doesn't it doesn't matter what industry or what leader. It's really being aware and checking in with yourself around what's working and what's not. Because when you're doing the thing that you love to do and you're surrounded by, you know, people that are in line with you, gosh, like nothing feels better and you just want to keep doing it because you know the impact is great and you're you know bouncing ideas off of each other and you're in that sort of flow state of you know gosh it's that time already um it's it's absolutely incredible and and you're in the driver's seat you know absolutely absolutely you know I say that all the time like if I'm not hanging out with the most important person in my life, the kid that I brought into this world, I yes. better be with people that I really, really enjoy being with. And and yes. how grateful am I that that is exactly the circumstance that I find myself in, right? And, you know, our, our alignment just, it blows my mind. You know, I tell people all the time, you got to show your work. You're a leader. You got to show your work. People don't know what they don't know. And, you know, it's important because yeah. we we – in leadership, there are elements that we share everything with people, but mm. then there are elements where nothing gets shared. And that's where confusion comes in, particularly when you're on high high functioning teams or um, maybe if you have a very significant change that's coming down the pipeline, a new technology, a new structure, all of those different kinds of things. When there's a level of anxiety, it doesn't give people the ability to actually see. And so showing your work as a leader, having honest conversations, you know, I, I, I love ask me anything conversations with leaders. I love them. What I don't like is when you have a leader who's not confident and somebody asks them a question that makes them feel uncomfortable and they sidebar it. I don't like that, you know? And so, you know, in closing, you know, one of the things that I want to do is really, what are some of the, the, the tactics, right? So an ask me anything with a really authentic um, outcome, I think is something that I love. 
What about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I, And it's interesting because I think in order for an Ask Me Anything, an AMA to be successful, there needs to be a lot of legwork in the background that's happened in order to make those moments of connection good. Because oftentimes I've been a part of AMAs where they're gotcha moments. Someone mm-hmm. doesn't feel comfortable, confident, empowered to have a difficult conversation one-on-one with that leader. So it's easier to anonymously ask the question in a chat function and catch them in front of a group of, you know, 50, 300 people. That's really (laughs) miserable. Um, I, I like, you know, building the foundation through things like how you set up your team meetings. What do your team meetings look like, sound like, feel like? I also love, um, random, you know, coffee chats or, Hey guys, I'm just in a Google hangout, uh, for the next 30 minutes. Here's the link. Come and join me. I'd love to just catch up with you. Mm -hmm. Those little sprinklings of moments of connection that are thoughtful and strategic between a leader and a team and cross-functional even better, um, gives folks that comfort and that trust building of, wow, this leader is here. They're making themselves available to me so that if and when the next time they do an AMA, I don't feel compelled to catch them in something. Instead, I already have some history with this person because we've been on coffee chats or, you know, open office hours. And I now feel more comfortable to ask my tough questions, perhaps one-on-one and there's opportunity for it. And maybe I use an AMA to, you know, tell me how you're feeling about a different team. Tell me what things you're excited about. And those turn into productive moments versus (laughs) I'm in front of this, you know, they're in front of the camera. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a tactic that I, I really encourage leaders to consider too, is those moments, those smaller moments of connection so that the bigger ones are more impactful. I agree. And, you know, I, I love the the coffee chats and, you know, for leaders yeah. who are listening, I think, you know, what I like as well is dual skip, right? Like if you have a large team taking yeah. the time to skip down to your very front line and prioritizing people who have been with the company for a long time to ask them for their feedback and their opinion to get to know them, remember people's kids' names, their cats, write it in a book. You know, yeah. I think that that intimate connection is where, and that's really what you're speaking about on that, on that trust equation. You're talking about, you know, you're talking about reliability and you're talking about intimate connection. Because if we have a reliable leader who is visible, somebody who is seen, somebody who is heard, somebody who is fun, you know, I've worked with a number of leaders who are like that. And and it is a pleasure to be able to be a part of, of their team and of their success because of the fact that they're motivated. They're motivated to serve. And, you know, we say something in one of our leadership programs that we offer, and it's if service is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Because at the end of the day, if you have no people to lead, you have no reason to exist. Your existence is for the people. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, sounds like a good place to tap the brakes on this one. (laughs) Always a pleasure. Such a great conversation. Likewise, likewise. Mm -hmm. And listeners, as always, if you have questions for Lauren and I, or you have anyone you'd like to see us feature or host on the podcast, please reach out. Remember, a call doesn't cost a thing.